Hello everyone, and it's time once again for Joe's Tango Podcast. For all you first-time listeners, welcome. Glad to have you with us. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, my guest today is based in the Netherlands. He is a founder of El Corte, a world-renowned tango center located in the city of Nijmegen. With a background in dance education, he studied at the Rotterdam Conservatory and started teaching tango in 1987. El Corte has grown tremendously and sees roughly 25,000 tango students a year. Today's guest is also an internationally famous tango instructor and teacher, and as you can imagine, he has a packed travel schedule. He spends several weekends every month, nearly half the year, flying around the globe teaching tango. That sounds pretty intense. And with me now is Eric Jorison. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Okay, to jump right into things, can you tell us the story of how you fell in love with tango? That was a long time ago. (laughs) I was already a dancer. I danced all kinds of things, ballroom and uh, salsa and flamenco and I was about to enter the professional world and I was still not sure which style would suit me. Mm-hmm. And I knew that would be a dance that would suit me entirely. And then tango came out. The moment I was looking for it, it was there. And the moment I saw and experienced the tango, I knew it. this will be my dance. Wow. So what was it about tango specifically that, that grabbed your attention? Actually, the undefined. Mm. that you could still shape things without having a standardized idea mm-hmm. because a lot of dancers have specific form ideas specific rules uh, originally they hadn't but uh, in, in in the course of time you usually see that dancers uh, become part of a dance school a method uh, a way it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and tango still had that freshness and you could still do it your way of course the tango language was there but you saw so many stars, you, you you didn't have any rule books or Bibles who told you this is the way it's supposed to be oh, yeah. and this is not. That uh, was, was really attractive to me. Mm-hmm. What was your first tango lesson like? Do you remember? <laughs> My first tango lesson was actually by watching it. But mm-hmm. I remember that I took a class with one of the uh, Argentinians living in Holland who also just started to... Uh, to introduce the dance to Holland. Mm-hmm. And that all uh, happened through the uh, existence of the show Tango Argentino. Mm-hmm. And that brought tango alive. There was no computer, so nobody had an idea what the original dance would look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, since the 50s, nobody was actually able to see what a proper tango, a social tango, mm-hmm. would look like. Mm-hmm. And through that show, uh, at least the knowledge spread out through Europe and America and mm. I was there I had a class with uh, one of these guys and I really 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 loved the whole feeling to it the whole idea and that makes it so different from other dances that you can play with the music that you can shape your own mm. groove mm-hmm. and that anything was allowed in the sense of at, l- at least you had to stay in your embrace but mm-hmm. for the rest anything was allowed and the playfulness of the game of feet and legs was really attracting to me. Mm. Yeah, so you studied at the uh, the conservatory in Rotterdam, so you have a background in dance education. So how did that factor into your journey of becoming a, a dance teacher, specific, specifically with tango? 
Well, during that education, I, I really was sure there must be a dance for me that is suited. Mm -hmm. And uh, tango wasn't there at the beginning when I was there at the conservatory, but it's, it came out actually during my study there. Mm. And that was uh, the moment where I could decide tango will become my dance. Nice. Not so far that it will be my daily living because I couldn't imagine it. Mm -hmm. I felt like it's a niche dance mm -hmm. and I was sure to spend a lot of time to develop it for myself. And I was sure to start creating a community. Mm -hmm. There weren't that many. Uh, yet we were one of the first six right. pioneers communities in Europe mm -hmm. and I thought well to be honest and realistic I will probably work two days per week mm. doing this <laughs> and within one or two years it was already a full-time business wow and since then tango is part of the world again wow <laughs> yeah because this was in the late 80s right yeah. right around yeah. that sweet spot when the renaissance really started to take hold so uh, what was your very first dance like at a Malanga? Well, we had to uh, organize it ourselves, of course, uh, mm. because until then we had the shows coming over. We had teachers from Argentina. Mm -hmm. uh, I had some colleagues here in Europe. We shared everything. The moment one of the maestros came to Europe, mm -hmm. we all organized workshops and we, we visited each other. And mostly during one of those weekends, there was a, a dance event going on as well. Mm -hmm. But you have to imagine that at the beginning, maybe there were 200 dances the first year throughout the whole of Europe. Oh, wow. So it was very small. Mm -hmm. And maybe once a year, people organize something to celebrate the end of the season or the beginning or whatever, mm -hmm. or the visit of, a, of an orchestra, because we danced quite a lot to live music at that moment as well. Mm -hmm. And that must have been the first social. But to be honest, I don't recall the first social <laughs> as an event. <laughs> uh -huh. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it must have been really exciting because you're, you're basically inventing a lot as it's, as it's happening. Yeah. yeah, we were there right at that moment. That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Okay, so Eric, I want to I want to change gears a little bit to uh, to learning and and specifically turning points in in your learning. Tell us some really good or some memorable advice you've gotten from some of your teachers as you were really developing your tango. That's an easy one. Mm. Uh, my maestro, my home maestro, was Pepito Avellaneda. Mm. And I don't know if you know him, but if I had to describe him, mm -hmm. uh, he was as tall as he was wide. Okay. So it was more like a, a bullet round person. Wow. Small, very small. Mm -hmm. And he was my teacher and he did a lot of the subtle things and happy things. For him, tango was not always a melancholic thing. And mm -hmm. to be honest, when I listen to several uh, pieces of, of Darienzo or Biaggi or mm -hmm. it's not all melancholy right. it's, it's yeah. all also the happiness of life we celebrate life with all its perks mm -hmm. I would say and he said whatever you you learn from me you have to translate it to your body mm -hmm. I must say I have a compared to his tall body but mm -hmm. I'm an average Dutch guy uh -huh. I'm six foot one Mm -hmm. That's average here. Wow. But of course, a movement from a guy who's six foot one compared mm -hmm. to one who is uh, five foot, mm -hmm. that's completely different. He said, you have to translate that to your body. You have to find your tango and your way of moving. Mm -hmm. That was a very valuable lesson. Mm -hmm. And it opened the perspective for all the workshops that will be coming afterwards from other maestros who would never focus on how to do things, but rather mm -hmm. what to do, what is yeah. the figure, what is the step. I always translated that to what works for my body. And mm -hmm. this is what I keep on giving to my students as well. Yeah. I can teach you things, but you have to translate it again. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really that's really important to know. I mean, we're all different shapes and sizes, and different figures are going to work differently. Like, I, I'm a short, skinny guy, you know, so I can you know manage maneuvering quite well. But you know, vocalis people might feel a little less <laughs> less secure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, but even yeah. in the whole in the whole uh, development of the movement itself, a leg folds out differently when you're tall. Mm. Uh, it's 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 different. You have to find your way, and that's what suits to you. Yeah. And that takes years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about the establishment of El, of El Corte, because right now it's become a really, really successful dance center in, in Europe. So did you just jump right into it? Was there a lot of planning involved? How did you... Yes and no. Okay. As I already told you, I, I didn't believe at the beginning that this would become a full-time business, mm -hmm. although I wanted to, but yeah. I thought realistically I won't. Mm -hmm. And my background in dancing was the social dance, so mm -hmm. not so much demos and performances. Mm -hmm. um, so with all the other disciplines that I danced, we very often had social meetings over weekends. Mm -hmm. I was already part of an international crowd. I like to connect people. I like to see how other communities are doing their thing and then mm. to mix it and to create a melting pot. Mm -hmm. So that was always at the back of my mind. When I opened up my dance center, mm -hmm. and at that moment I didn't know it would become an entirely tango center, <laughs> uh, I want to organize a lot of social things so that people can actually learn by dancing mm. instead of learning by just classes. Yeah. And that's why I set it up as a, as a home. Mm -hmm. People should feel home. When you walk through the door here, you should feel that you're not part of the outside world anymore right. for a few hours mm -hmm. or a few days. Yeah. And that means that the, the building itself should be attractive, uh, that I uh, organize a lot of possibilities for people to come over from far to sleep. Immediately mm -hmm. at the beginning, 31 years ago, we already had uh, uh, events where people could stay for a few days. and. Therefore, you, you create entirely different things than when you go to Milonga for four hours. Yeah. You know, the first four hours, I always say, is, is, is stress. It's, <laughs> even though you do not experience it like that. Oh, my God, now I have a normal phone call. <laughs> now I forgot your question. Yeah, you sorry, we're talking about uh, El Corte, how it is... You want, it to make, you want it to feel like home. And not, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and to, to create a steady uh, place that took me a few years because before that, as many other organizations have started to teach in, in rented halls every day, a different one. Mm -hmm. And then when I had more than four days of steady uh, work, I thought now the time is right to rent a building. Mm -hmm. And after a few years, I could actually buy the building. And so that has become a real basis. Mm -hmm. um, we've been doing this for 31 years and people know how to find us. Mm -hmm. even in the time uh, without the internet, because wow. I started really way back then. Right, right. How did people know and experience yeah. from each other, where is tango? Um, mm -hmm. I happen to be in a densely populated area, mm -hmm. and uh, so we already had connections to other cities close around. Okay. Because you have to imagine that Nijmegen, my mm -hmm. home-based city, where El Corte is placed, it's mm -hmm. in the Netherlands, it's in the eastern part of the Netherlands. Uh -huh. And uh, and close to Germany, mm -hmm. it's just three kilometers far okay. away, and so that's very convenient. But within one and a half hours driving, we have 50 million people living here, mm. and that is such a rich 
feeling because a lot of uh, new cities sprang up with tango mm -hmm. and a lot of those cities wanted to dance tango somewhere and uh, sooner or later they also came to a quarter because we organized these events that went on for hours and hours and hours and hours mm. so that you can come beyond that point of just having stress when dancing because even though you think it's, it's just entertaining my yeah. experience in group dynamics is Whenever you start a thing, it takes a few hours before people actually do what they do from their inner feeling and mm. not from maybe unconsciously feeling that there are people watching or they have to perform or, you know, that takes a few hours. So mm. to me, that was already clear also from other dance uh, disciplines. When I organize social events, they should go long enough so that people feel that they reach their, their dance mm -hmm. instead of their picture of a dance. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So that's the, the whole setup is based on that. Okay, yeah. So when you first started, were you pretty, I mean, you were central to the establishment of El Corte, but did you assemble a team? Were there other people that you knew who were also that, sold on well, tango? No, well, we, as most of the cities at that time, there was only one tango organization per city. Oh, okay. So there was no splitting off yet. That mm. happened only after five years when okay. people thought they, <laughs> they would do it differently. Or mm -hmm. So uh, I had to build the team without focusing on that. I wanted to let things grow organically. Okay. And from the community that sprung up, automatically some people contributed to, to, to the whole idea mm -hmm. and started mm -hmm. to working with me and to start teaching as well after a few years people from abroad as well who moved to to this area to uh, to build up the community mm -hmm. and that is how basically el corte started growing and the team i have 12 uh, teachers in our team nice and organizers uh, they most of them started actually about 25 years ago and they're mm -hmm. still there wow so that consistency also gives a homey feel to people mm -hmm. and a thing to attach to. Nice. Attachment is a good thing in in, in, in certain perspectives mm -hmm. because that's creating the basic of a community. Mm -hmm. If a community is, is too liquid, too fluent, it's it's not based on a new tradition. Actually, we, we form a new tradition. After 31 years, you can say... Mm -hmm. And, and other people say, hey, that's the El Corte way, whatever that may, uh, might mean. Don't mm. ask me that. You have to ask other people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But this is uh, the beautiful thing of mm. a consistent build-up of an organic organization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And yeah, it, it, and that's nice because I think in this day and age, people are very impatient about about a lot of things exactly and exactly yeah yeah and, before, and even in the tango world i sometimes see that the consumer mentality yeah. is sometimes prevailing mm -hmm. depending on where you are and depending yeah. on how uh, it's set up a general thing you could say people nowadays but mm -hmm. now i generalize of course right they want to have a taste of everything and then they want to move on Right. Luckily, luckily, tango has a virus built in, so that if you're really <laughs> bitten by that virus, yep. you will stay on and uh, mm -hmm. go on for forever, or yeah. at least for a longer stretch. Yeah. Yeah, and as you say, with that consumer mentality, I think tango is a perfect way to to push back against it, to to actually connect with another human being rather than going on to your social media if you reach that stage right that's that's of course what we're all yearning for mm -hmm. but i also see communities and and also depending on the way it's organized mm -hmm. where people do their forms their tricks they have a lot of fun in that but then after a few years that's that's 
you know it's it's died out because yeah. that's not what feeds us mm-hmm. in the end it's it's the real connection that feeds us yeah yeah so eric what are what are some good ways for advanced students to help beginner students <laughs> that's a, that's a witty question because tonight mm-hmm. I will start my season again mm-hmm. and uh, I've set up sometimes an evening and I call it the tango tapas okay. in which in which I organize a whole setup for the evening mm-hmm. in which the advanced dancers actually meet beginners and have to do certain parts of these tango tapas which is a, it's a it's a it's an educational evening mm-hmm. about music, about connecting, about... And what I see a lot is that people are split up, like, oh, I've been dancing for three years, so I only want to dance with the people of three years and higher. Mm-hmm. I don't like that too much. Okay. I mean, it works, but you also should see the other side, and that is just connecting to people and having the fun of sharing. If you want to share, mm-hmm. regardless with whatever you think the level of the dancers you're dancing with, then you're actually learning mm-hmm. uh, more than when you stick to your own kind. Mm. So tonight, people will dance, people will come in who are absolutely new to tango. Nice. And for a moment, for half an hour or so, we're mixing everything together. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do that, you can't join in at that moment. That's fine as well. You, you can choose. Mm-hmm. But at least some of the absolute beginners will experience a real tango dancer, or at least a more advanced tango dancer. Mm-hmm. And that advanced tango dancer hopefully feel satisfied in sharing the knowledge. It's not too long. Half an hour, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. that's not like, oh, now I'm stuck for two hours with somebody who still has to learn it. Mm-hmm. And that is so enriching for, mm-hmm. for both sides and mm-hmm. for the whole community in itself as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So I, your question was actually, what do you think about it? Or mm-hmm. what was your question about it? <laughs> that's okay. No, no. I, I, I always I, forget the question. In the no. <laughs> was, uh, you know, in your opinion, what are, what are some good ways for advanced students to help the, the beginner students? Well, I, I think to, to it starts with the teacher because the students, advanced students, mm-hmm. they probably chose to learn with the teacher. And mm-hmm. there's also some dogmatism involved. Yeah. If you start following up somebody, you will need it at that moment. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a Jesus or... You know, it's at that moment you need that person to learn. And I hope that mm-hmm. teachers also teach people to be open-minded and yeah. not being afraid that other teachers might achieve the same goal mm-hmm. through an, another method. That's not threatening. That's great. Yeah. Everybody learns from the events they are experiencing during their their development of learning to how to dance the tango. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so if the teacher says, no, this is the way, Mm-hmm. And what another one does is no tango, then you have a tough advanced student because he or she is not open-minded anymore uh. and already is trapped in a certain shape. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not tango at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like food. You know, you like some food and at certain moments you like that and you're completely like, ooh, I want to have that. But you shouldn't <laughs> say to anybody else, like, you must do it like that. Well, right. It's your taste at that moment. It's your development at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I hope that teachers can bridge that as well. Mm. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, so remaining on the topic of students, Eric, over the years, what, are, what have you learned from your own students? Every time you teach, you learn. I mean, mm. this is the way it works. Yeah. Unless it's a one direction. Mm-hmm. You know, if I just give people and I will say, yes, that's right or wrong, again, that's the open mind 
that you have to have as well. Mm -hmm. um, if you're reacting with and to your students the way you react within a dance, then you can't foresee sometimes what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Actually, it helps you if you're not focusing on the result. You mm -hmm. focus on the process, and it is a communication thing. Even teaching is communi communicating. Mm -hmm. And then you get the best results, because you learn as a teacher as well how you can speed up a process, or where you can leave time, where you let... A lot of time is involved for me as a teacher to decide when to say nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's most of the times. Mm -hmm. Because people have to invent and reinvent themselves. Mm -hmm. And the moment the teacher gives them assignments, and mm -hmm. things that they have to struggle for, mm -hmm. then that becomes the, 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 the goal. Mm -hmm. And I want them actually to experience that. They learn from dancing, they learn from my input, they mm -hmm. appreciate it, but they can also criticize me and they can also let me be surprised. Mm -hmm. And I'm open to that, so yes. I let that happen as well. And right. that is always a learning point for me as well. Mm -hmm. All the mistakes are very, very important things. The way to perfectionism is via a lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Eric, it's so interesting to hear about how you weren't sure if this was going to be a, even a two-day-a-week thing, and now you are literally almost spending half the year traveling to teach and spread the love of tango. What are some things you really love about traveling internationally to, to meeting so many people? <laughs> Um, for me, it's also being part of that, that global community, which I mm -hmm. saw developing from the beginning. As I said, uh, we, we started in, an, in the, the, the era of no computers. So right. we had phone and we, we, mm -hmm. when people went on a trade mission, we said, okay, give me addresses in that town where they dance tango, if there's any. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then they came back with the addresses and I wrote letters because oh, I can yeah. write in a lot of languages. That mm -hmm. is a big help. Nice. <laughs> and then at that moment, you can really connect to people. You, you set up communication. And then via letters, mm -hmm. really like that, and via telephone calls, but they were very expensive at that time, mm -hmm. you could set up an international connection. Then people come to El Quarter. At that moment, El Quarter was one of the only places uh, where uh, international events happened, mm. besides Buenos Aires, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and for 15 years, we were the only one offering whole weekends of dancing. Mm -hmm. There was no place in the world where you could do that, wow. even not in Buenos Aires. Mm. And nowadays, you see marathons and encuentros and doing a what Right. all over the place mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be true it is much easier nowadays to get out almost every month or some people even every two weeks or so mm -hmm. to travel by plane because plane uh yeah it's not green i know but going by plane somewhere right. is not expensive anymore right so it's, it's very affordable mm -hmm. in my days the first three years i couldn't go to buenos aires because i was still a young beginning entrepreneur mm -hmm. and I saved a lot of money at that time it was the equivalent of four thousand mm -hmm. dollars to have a return ticket to Buenos Aires wow. that was the price for the return ticket by plane wow yeah amazing how how things change yeah so nowadays it's much easier to do to do these things and and I'm happy with that because mm -hmm. the whole global community changes but at that time I had to do it by telephone people came here to mm -hmm. dance all we can connect to people yeah. people started also relationships if they liked El Quarter they came more often or they came every month we have a big international event we still do that mm -hmm. every month for a whole weekend mm -hmm. and people from 20 
to 30 people, uh, uh, countries will come, mm-hmm. and they connect, they reconnect, and they said, hey, we like this so much, let's invite Eric. Because mm-hmm. the first 15 years, I would say, let's say till the mid-90s, yeah. tango was still very barren in a mm. way. So good teachers could work, could work everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I love to teach abroad because I could connect to these people. Right. People who I met there abroad would come to a court eventually. So I was part of a whole exchange, I would mm-hmm. say, and I, I know pretty much a lot about how tango developed throughout the world, nice. because I was very often there when the cradle was just put in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about your, your experiences with connecting with people. I mean, you were connecting people before the age of Google, and do you feel that's given you an advantage over, I would say, the, the, the way people try to connect nowadays electronically? I mean, are there... St- are there some uh, methods or not tricks per se, but uh, strategies in connecting that you still use today, despite us being in this information age? You know, what I think is beautiful to have the information age, because mm-hmm. in the early days, as I said, we had to write letters and right. things like that. Right. And even to, to just announce a milonga somewhere, mm-hmm. you had to send a poster by mail, by snail mail, yeah. to an organization. They had to hang it up in their school or their, their practice building or whatever. Mm-hmm. There, people could see it. And then they had to take a new action by phoning up, by, you know, by, by writing letters to hotels to set up their visit. Wow. That's Nowadays, that's much easier. Yeah. So in that sense, we have a new level. Mm-hmm. Um, it saves me a lot of time in handing out leaflets, although I still work via all the channels. And this is sometimes what I miss mm. in the organizational setup of many other uh, people, because mm-hmm. they totally rely on just the digital information. Yeah. And that is not the way it works. People still want to see things, especially when they are already part of a community, a local community, because you have different stages. I'm sure that you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. If you start dancing tango, you first fall in love with the dance or not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that even takes a few years because one of the... uh, part of the couple or whatever mm-hmm. uh, it has already fallen in love the other one is still reluctant yeah and then at a certain moment maybe you're both completely mad about it you dance locally but then to make the step to to visit another city or another country mm-hmm. these are all stages in your development and in your in daring to do so because mm-hmm. it's 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 also for some people it's a new way of living to connect that easily to other people to other bodies mm-hmm. to other cultures and to me, this is beautiful that in the, in the information age, you can get the information so easily. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, about 20 years ago, when there was a tango holiday here mm. in Europe, there are a lot of tango holidays in the mm. south of France, in Italy. You could only, people ask me, oh, do you know where you can dance in Italy? Do you know where you can dance? And maybe I had leaflets and maybe not. And mm. nowadays, it's all over. You just Google something yeah. like tango in Sevilla and you find something. Mm. That is good. If you're already motivated to find this, then you will be able to find it. No mm. problem. Mm. But what happens before you make that first bridge to get out of your local scene? Mm-hmm. then you have to, be, have to be inspired. And sometimes it's just by leaflets, by seeing it somewhere, mm-hmm. by starting to dig into that new world and that new realm of, of tango. Mm-hmm. So I think that you should still use all the communication channels, the personal information, mm-hmm. the things on paper, the things that you hear, the things that you see on the internet, mm-hmm. multiple layers. Yeah, 
Yeah, interesting. Sometimes people forget and they become a little too loathsome, too lazy mm -hmm. to actually reach out to people. Listen, you're welcome. Come to us and work for it. It's a mm -hmm. tangle as, as a profession is right. also work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes like... the information mm -hmm. age makes it easy, makes it seem that you just have to put it on the internet and then things will happen. Mm. If you happen to be in a very poor, poorly fed community, yeah, then every finger you, you reach out for will be taken. Mm -hmm. But if you want to share that what you have to offer, you also have to actively do that and not yeah. just putting it on the internet. That's right. what I want to say as a message to the organizers. Yeah connect to people in more ways than just the passive internet way yeah yeah connection very important yeah so eric you travel internationally you meet a variety of people probably thousands every year what do you think it is about tango that inspires or captivates so many people from so many different cultures even that can be different huh? mm -hmm. from each culture if you for for instance consider the Asian continent, it's mm -hmm. enormous and it's in right. every community, it's different. Mm -hmm. But you see that a lot of people there love the aesthetics mm -hmm. of tango. And it takes much longer to get into the emotional connection. Mm -hmm. Now I again generalize, huh? it's not like this is it. But you see differences. You see mm -hmm. people who do it for fun, just the mere fun, mm -hmm. or for the beauty, or for a much deeper connection but then you're already reaching the top of the pyramid of the real tangero addicts, bilongueros, whatever you call them. Mm -hmm. These people are partly lost, but they're very <laughs> happy in their dream world. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> I've been to that stage as well, and I'm still lost in tango whenever I hear tango. Mm -hmm. But I'm also happy that I can connect again to the real world as well. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody comes through a detour to tango, I think. Mm -hmm. And the detours are very important. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure that a lot of people, after a few years, when they find out this is the style I want to dance, this is the way, why didn't I have the possibility to do this the first year? Mm -hmm. I should have gone to that teacher, I should have gone to that organization, I should have immediately done that. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. You have to take the detour. Yeah. Yeah. There's no shortcut. It's just the journey. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I like it. I, I, and I see it from the outside because I've seen so many tango generations. I define a tango generation as about seven or eight years mm -hmm. because what I see in a tango community that every seven or eight years you see a new core community. Mm -hmm. The old ones are still there, but if you really want to reinvent and want to revitalize your community, you also have to offer newcomers to become a core. Mm -hmm. To give you an example, yeah. I see communities, for instance, communities that started to spring up at the beginning of 2000. Mm -hmm. And when I visit them, some of them, mm -hmm. I see that still the same people are dancing and newcomers cannot find the attachment because the older crowd, mm -hmm. the more experienced crowd, is not A, interested in those newcomers, uh -huh. and so isn't the organization or the professional person who is guiding that community. Mm. Because, you know, this is a, a, a bad thing, I think. Right. Because I think that you constantly have to reinvent yourself mm -hmm. and also in a community. Otherwise, you die mm -hmm. as a community or you're not inspired anymore as a yeah. community. Mm. And especially remoter communities from others mm. who will not be 
nurtured by other nearby communities because sometimes that's can, that can be a trigger as well mm-hmm. they sometimes fall asleep I and i've i've seen that mm-hmm. i've seen that happening and when you acknowledge that the newcomers have to be happy with it the mm-hmm. old people the old farts will constantly complain about how uh, uh, in past times it was much better mm-hmm. yeah things change mm-hmm. and i tell you after 31 years i've seen four times of a generation change mm-hmm. in which they said ah oh, in early days it was better <laughs> and but they said that every time right. every generation says it again and mm-hmm. that is what i define as change mm-hmm. it's not the way it used to be no and that's a good thing right because if it was was staying the way it used to be mm-hmm. then new people wouldn't revive this community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a choice as well huh? yeah yeah that's very well said yeah, evolution. We have to always be, like you said, reinventing. Because if you're just stuck in that rut, that doesn't yeah, work. If you want to include new people, mm-hmm. but some some communities actually actively keep these new people out because ah. they found what they wanted, mm-hmm. and they don't see that they also signed their death sentence mm-hmm. in a way. Because mm-hmm. there will be always reasons to stop tango, even after twenty or thirty years, yeah. and when the 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 core mm-hmm. becomes slender and slender, then mm-hmm. that's the direction that the whole spirit gets. It's yeah. it's, it's it's disappearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have a a lively community, then focus on new people mm-hmm. as much as you make the other people happy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just to specifically address the other side of, of the challenge, what are some ways that you found that helps newer people stay in love with with tango? I don't know if there's a magic bullet, probably not, but um, no, that, it, yeah. it, it depends. Also, is that your aim? Okay. What I've learned over the years is that I'm not going to convince people that it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show my enthusiasm for it, mm-hmm. and that should be the motivation. Motivation that they might be curious hey what are all these people doing and they still they still feel that these people are enthused by what they're doing mm-hmm. and then it's up to them if they want to grow into it or not but you have to reach out to them that's mm-hmm. that's reach out continue reaching out but not saying you must come to me longer you must do this and if you mm-hmm. want to do this you must no never any pressure like that i see just offering the, uh, the opportunity and include them like you're welcome Mm-hmm. It's up to you if you come, but you're welcome. Okay. Because sometimes people don't feel welcome anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Eric, you also DJ. How, how did you become a DJ? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, you know a lot about me, huh? I told you. <laughs> because of the internet. <laughs> oh, the holy internet. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, when we started, mm-hmm. um, we didn't even have CDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, let alone a laptop. It, it didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to play via uh, vinyl or cassette tapes, mostly yeah. cassette tapes, because mm-hmm. there was not a lot available on the original carriers. Um, as a matter of fact, here in the Netherlands, there's a big recording studio uh, from Philips, mm-hmm. and a lot of the Argentinian orchestras traveled to Europe or mm-hmm. to Hollywood even to record their their records because they didn't have that equipment in Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. That is also how tango originally spread through the world, also mm-hmm. by the music and visiting orchestras. 
we had to work with cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. And of course, the moment that you offer an, uh, an evening out for people and you mm -hmm. play music, then somebody has to do that. And at the beginning, it was me. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, nobody knew a lot of uh, the music and the music was very hard to get. Yeah. You had to travel everywhere and then if somebody had something, you copy that on cassette tape and you had something. But you couldn't easily just push a button and spread the music to, right. uh, to a friend. Mm -hmm. You couldn't. Mm -hmm. So I had, a lot of, I had a large collection and I loved to play the music because that's... In a way, you can you can set the atmosphere. You can give a certain feeling to the people. You can play with them. Mm -hmm. I love that that whole aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I still uh, not use my laptop. I do use the CDs, mm -hmm. but not a laptop. Ah, okay. So it's actually working, and I like it. It's it's a very tangible work. Mm -hmm. You you have to reach out for a CD. You have to open it. You have to study it. What shall I do in this thunder? Wow. And then you have to put it in in, in a machine, and then you push a button. <laughs> and I, I still like that. I mm -hmm. I don't think I will ever change that. Okay. Even if I would digitalize all my music, because mostly it's still on the carrier of a CD or a, mm -hmm. a vinyl or or a cassette. When I finally have the time to do so <laughs> i probably will have two devices so that i still can go from one tanda to the other and physically set up the tanda mm -hmm. instead of just with one mouse click uh, setting up a playlist ah okay interesting i love djing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah here's a here's a fun question i like to ask a dj so are there any famous tango songs that you personally don't like as much as other people and what would it help if I would tell you? I, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, mm -hmm. I have to think because mm -hmm. I also block these things out that I don't like. Okay. But you also sometimes have periods huh, where, where yeah. an orchestra is like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, mm. you know, in very early days, mm -hmm. and that was very logical at that time, a lot of people were bored mm -hmm. by Di Sarli. Okay. Oh, all right. Because, but that has a, has a reason. Mm -hmm. Not because the music is boring. But because in the early days, we didn't have a lot of music available, also mm -hmm. not for the classes, but Disali was there and it was proper music because it was a bit slower. and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So when people heard Disali, they linked that to their class. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to bring this into a festive evening. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not forbidden, but if that was more, more or less most of the music you had, then at a certain moment it becomes tedious to dance to. Mm -hmm. At that moment, at the beginning, the whole community wasn't developed that much so that you could find the, the subtle enjoyment of all these deeper layers. Mm -hmm. um, so this is not my personal meaning, but this mm -hmm. can happen. At yeah. a certain moment, you can say, ah, I've heard this orchestra now. Now I want to have something else. <laughs> um, um, what I didn't like, mm -hmm. but what the Argentinians said in the 90s was their favorite orchestra. Mm -hmm. Now you have to guess. <laughs> Favorite orchestra. Uh, what do you think that normal, plain Argentinians, so not the hook dancers, but the Argentinians, what they thought was the best tango orchestra? Uh, let me guess. Perhaps uh, Canaro? No. No? Because I, I asked a lot of people. Okay. And there were absolutely a few who liked that best, and Pugliese, mm -hmm. but it was not a standard orchestra. Okay. It was Mariano Mores. Oh, really? Mariano Morris is for the common Argentinian 
in the really? 90s was the orchestra. And really? I loathed that orchestra. I didn't like it at all. Okay. <laughs> when I play it, I play it because mm -hmm. I want to have a fun moment. It won't certainly be a whole thunder, mm -hmm. but what we do here in our quarter, because we have these long uh, stretched events, mm -hmm. is once an hour we play something that's off the paved path. Mm. So it's it's something else and then it's refreshing sometimes you mm. hear hey what is this it's different okay and it's only for one song and then mm -hmm. we go on again and mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. in that case i would use mariano Morris sometimes okay. I maybe once every year or something but you know <laughs> mm -hmm. as an orchestra to listen to i still don't like it i see i see yeah yeah it's 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 just fun to hear about what people like what they don't like just yeah just get a sense of sense of your personality well, yeah. and it's fine as long as it's your taste and as yeah. long as you don't oppose this up unto other people sure you sure. must hate this you can't do this no <laughs> that's your taste. Oh, exactly exactly <laughs> yeah lately i've really really been appreciating uh orquesta tipica victor I know yes. some people are saying, "Oh, that sounds kind of slow and boring and repetitive." But I don't know. I I I like it. It's very. I very love it as well, and, and subtle. But this is not for a beginning community. This is too mm -hmm. too boring. I think yeah. you know that it depends also on the community where they are at because you it's it's like an acquired taste as well. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, Eric. So, what are some ways that you keep challenging yourself? Uh, by teaching, mm -hmm. by being open-minded. Mm -hmm. uh, although I must say, after so many years, the changes are not huge anymore. It's more like little developments you do, mm -hmm. little twitches, little things. But not the core idea of how it works and how it works for me mm -hmm. is pretty clear. Mm -hmm. And I also understand that there are more ways. But, you know, I understand much better after so many years. And it's also a nice process. Getting older is also finding out better what you want. Ah, yes. And in that sense, I still learn. Mm. But not, not like, ooh, now I learn a move and this is completely new to me. And this. No, mm. these moments are not there anymore. Okay. But a new partner in your arms, mm -hmm. which whom you've never danced, always triggers a new feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is always a learning moment. Okay. So you learn on the way without actually being being aware of mm -hmm. that you're learning. But I know that I learn mm -hmm. in retrospect, and I know how it works. Nice, nice. Yeah. Speaking of, of partners, do you have a, a a regular partner you teach with, or do you have you know a roster of contacts all throughout the world? Oh, I have my harem. <laughs> <laughs> here in our quarter as i said we have 12 teachers and mm -hmm. with uh, two of them i teach my regular classes here mm -hmm. and when i'm uh, visiting abroad then uh, for instance in new york um, i teach with rebecca schulman mm -hmm. in, in berlin i teach with ines musavi and judith preuss nice. um, i i have these these people have also been working in tango uh, for for 20 years this may have started off as a student of mine or mm -hmm. as a student locally but then they grew into professionals and when they invite me then i'd like to travel alone and then link up to these teachers to mm. to co-teach the class nice nice yeah i've been trying to get a hold of rebecca she's or she's interested in doing the the podcast but i know she's just been really busy so i'll just have to catch her at the right moment yeah. Yes, you should do that. <laughs> I will see you in a few days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, all right. So, Eric, where do we find out more about you online? 
Well, you can visit the uh, extensive website of uh, El Corte, mm-hmm. www.elcorte.com. Okay. Um, and I'm sure if you type in my name uh, at Tango to it, that a lot of old interviews okay. will spring up as well because some of them are digitalized. Great. Um, and for the rest, it's better to meet me in person. Great. Great. Yeah. And I'll have your email or you have your web address in our show notes. so People will be able to, to look you up. All right. They're all welcome. Yeah. All right, Eric. <laughs> thank you again so much for taking the time to, to speak to me. I know you're busy. You're about to head out to, to New York uh, very shortly, but I'm glad yeah. I caught you. It's been fun. Thank you again so much. Hope to meet you in person sometime. And thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. And I send my love to whole the whole of Tango Dancing America and everybody who listens to this podcast. All right. Please okay. share this podcast on the El Corte uh, Facebook webpage because then more people can enjoy it. Absolutely. I'll be sure to Wonderful. do that. Okay. All right. Thank you very much again, Eric. Thank you so much, Joe, and hope to see you somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Always welcome. Okay, that was fun. And it was really interesting to hear about the way Tango communities had to connect before the days of the internet. So Eric had a lot to say. I really appreciated what he said about Tango knowledge in that we have to take the information our teachers give us and interpret it in our own way. And we'll have to be aware that the body types we have will influence the way we move. We're all going to be a little different and that's okay. And Eric pointed out a lesson he learned in that tango doesn't have to be melancholic and serious. Yes, a lot of the songs are sad, but if you're getting joy out of tango, that's a good thing. So don't think you're doing something wrong when you're having a great time and the people next to you just have this really, really sad, serious face. That's okay. Just do your thing. Another important point Eric brought up in regards to teaching and learning tango was about the focus on process rather than results. Tango is a journey. There is only the detour, as he puts it. No shortcuts. When we're learning, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have to experiment. And if we're teaching or guiding someone else, we need to pay attention how our guidance affects the other person's dancing. How do our words and advice influence the other dancer's journey? What kind of student are we dealing with? What kind of thought processes does he or she have? So by helping someone else learn, we get a better understanding of the dance and we gain an understanding of another person. And I really liked Eric's observation about tango versus the modern consumer mentality. A lot of people these days want to try a lot of things, then move on. And tango is not compatible with that mindset. You're going to have to be patient when it comes to figuring out tango. You're going to have to learn how to connect with another person who is physically right in front of you. Yes, that's challenging in the information age, but if you think about it, tango offers an answer to a lot of the unhappiness that's caused by that consumer mentality. And finally, I really like how Eric points out that we shouldn't romanticize the past. He's seen several tango generations come and go, and each one would always point out how much better things used to be. Tango communities are in a constant state of flux. Yes, it's important to keep the regulars happy, but it's also important to always be reaching out to new people. And new people will bring different energy and different ideas. It's okay to appreciate the past, but don't get stuck in it. And remember to always be looking forward. 
So thank you again, Eric, for sharing your story, your insights, and for your time. Much appreciated. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. And if you're enjoying the show, this is the part where I ask you to take a few seconds to head on over to SoundCloud, iTunes, or whichever podcasting platform you're using. Click the subscribe button and leave a good rating and review. That helps me out a lot. Okay, that wraps it up for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.